This is the Infection Podcast, recorded live on Monday, December the 20th, 2021, episode 362. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can check me out online by visiting my website, nickcraig.com. You can also download the Wilmington's Morning News podcast wherever you find your podcasts. But none of that is relevant if you don't go to the arguably the most important site on the internet, infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week ahead of Christmas and almost yes. the birthday boy, Brian with an I. Well, oh, true. Yeah. Hello, Brian. And uh, happy. Uh, what is it? What do you say? Normally people say it after the fact. Belated. Is it, or is it, is it belated, belated is after is that the late? fact. Yeah, that is late. I don't know what um, you say. A preemptive birthday. Maybe. Preemptive would be yeah, the proper word. Yeah. So a preemptive, preemptive birthday birth- wish to you. Happy birthday. Preemptive birthday wish. Thank you very yes. much. Well, as you said, uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at Brian Aldrin Gabba Parlor. But you know, that doesn't really matter because there's infectionpodcast.com, which is the uh, most important site. And if you go there, join our server on Discord. Maybe you're going to be home a little bit more for the holidays here for Christmas. And, uh, and you're going to be able to play some video games when you normally don't. Jump in. We got tons of ARC servers. Uh, if you haven't played ARC in a few years, there's a lot of changes. Plus, we have the newest. We have 10 maps on there now, which is crazy. Wow. So we've got t- 10 instances going of ARC. And, uh, and we got the latest one they just released. So if you're interested in checking out that map, just jump on our server and they're all connected. So you can move between them and share your dinos and everything else. Uh, we did do the steam group. Who knows what it's doing? We'll just, uh, we'll keep throwing it in the ether and see what happens. Uh, we have our video forms, of the podcast, Twitch, you, uh, bit shoot YouTube and D live. It did it in weird order, but Hey, it's all there. Um, and then we have, uh, our audio form. So if you're going to listen in the car or whatever on a device that doesn't have a screen, uh, that you can watch it with, just uh, pick whatever device and, and platform that works best for you. And then once you pick that, go to the episode for uh, for that one you're getting ready to listen to. And we'll have links for everything that if you're going to listen only, you can follow along and read articles as you listen. So very helpful. Or maybe you want to watch a video and don't want to watch everything video. So that's a really useful way to do that. And we got links for every single thing through there and a video and audio player built in. Now, if you want to support us, you can do that through the support tab up top. Or there's the Prime Gaming Subs, Humble Bundle, Amazon Prime, all kinds of different things that you can do with that. And if you want to get any information, go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Brian, I do want to thank a few individuals that hit us up with subs after we actually finished the live show last week. That was our friend Falcon and Big Woody Sauce. Falcon coming in with the 32-month resubscription and Big Woody Sauce coming in with the 36-month resubscription. So thanks to both of those uh, individuals and everybody else that has supported us over the uh, last year or so with the Twitch, either the Twitch uh, Prime or the uh, regular Twitch subscriptions. It is greatly appreciated. A quick programming note, uh, our show next week on Tuesday will be a special blockchain in gaming episode. And we've got that all squared away and ready to go. So we'll be talking about this kind of new and upcoming thing with blockchain and NFTs and uh, smart contracts and all that stuff. There's some pretty cool things in there. And there I'm is excited for that because and we're just at, we're, doing the research for it really opened my eyes to some of the possibilities just as i brainstormed was thinking about it so it, and it's it's interesting to see that it started with a lot of indie studios and developers and now you're starting mm-hmm. to see some of the bigger boys 
come online and some of the bigger boys not coming online and actually stepping up yeah. against that. So we'll have all of that coming up for you next Tuesday right here on Infection Podcast. Well, Brian, as we approach the uh, Christmas season, I want to say, and I, I probably am wrong, and I've been wrong plenty of times, so it doesn't really matter at this point. We don't normally have this much going on a couple of days in front of Christmas, yeah. <laughs> but boy, is there a lot of news. Yeah, usually what we have is, I mean, everybody's leaving on vacation. Patches are not happening from November on. I mean, if you're yeah. hoping for a bug fix in November, at the end of November or any time during December, it just wasn't happening. And now we've got page a page and two pages full of news of things of, of things happening with studios, new studios starting. I mean, just a lot of crazy stuff that normally in years past nothing. And I don't know how much of that's COVID and just a change in work style. Mm, um, yeah. People are working remotely, right? I mean, is there really anything now holding them back? You know, because they can work right up till that point and it's not like they have to travel. Most people aren't traveling. I just think it might be the COVID is kind of making it to where people are finishing these and not quite taking off so early because nobody's traveling and flying around the country or the world. Oh, that, that very well might be the case. And Brian, you mentioned Game Studios, one of the uh, one of yes. the greats. He actually joined us here on an episode of Infection Podcast, Dr. Disrespect. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. He uh, has come out with a pretty big announcement this past week. He is launching a what he's calling a triple A game studio. But didn't he yeah. say that he did this? Didn't he already say he had done this or wasn't there or he was already hiring okay, or something so like that? Well, he's been talking about doing it because um, before he was a a designer, a uh, a level level designer, designer right? for Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. So, so he designed some of the pivotal maps, and he'll tell you, you know, it's part of his his shtick with everything. But yeah, he yeah, really yeah. did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really did work there, uh, you know, because it's kind of hard to see what's real and what's not real, what's persona, what's not. But um, that is something he's done. So he has a lot of contacts. I mean, he he worked for for them and knows a lot of those people for years he worked for them so he knows a lot of people in the industry uh and so he's pulling them together a lot of these people are getting tired of working on in these big companies there's a lot of drama it's at, i mean is it really safe to work for a big company anymore um no. you know it, it, there's people complaining constantly about name the other triple a studios that are out there so uh you got these guys starting their own uh these are veterans that have worked on call of duty and halo i'm sure it's going to be a battle royale or something something like that some form they do show this is their website so they've got kind of a midnight city it might be an open world pvp type of thing i would assume or well, this is the name of this maybe not that right? might not even be part what so i'm wondering is like is this is any of this hinting at what they're going to be because i don't see you know they're showing a town i don't see anything hinting at the game even in the uh, if you look at the careers and things like that they're pretty generic yeah so the name of the studio is the Midnight Society. That's the name. And it's Dr. Disrespect, of course, behind it, Robert Bowling and um, Quinn Del Hollow, who both have experience. Um, Robert Bowling was a creative strategist for Call of Duty, and Quinn Del Hollow was a Halo 5 multiplayer designer. Multiplayer designer for Halo 5, which is yeah you know, it was a relatively recent game obviously halo infinite out now but you know, recent experience not like the guy was the you know multiplayer designer for call of duty or for you know halo 3 you know back a decade ago this guy's got real world triple a experience not that long ago um 
things are very early. We don't really have yeah. any idea. And, you know, Brian, I feel like we talked Unreal about Engine 5. One thing, the one thing I get is Unreal Engine 5. That's the only thing I see in here that really hints at PvP online multiplayer. That's pretty much the description of, of what we have so far. So let's talk about this a little bit more. And we, we did talk about this in the past, but it's it's been a while. And Firebomb is going exactly what I was just about to bring up. Firebomb in the chat says it will be it will be successful on Dr. Disrespect's audience alone, I assume. That's obviously well, the goal yeah. here is bringing yep. forward somebody that is an influencer, Dr. Disrespect, one of the largest, and bringing forward a game studio and making a game, I would presume, that not only he can play, but actually wants yep. to play. And then the rest of it, if Dr. Disrespect is playing a game, let's be honest about it, Brian. There's a lot of other smaller creators and even other larger creators that will jump on that as well. But I don't think that's enough. It's also got to be a good game. You can't just take a yeah. heaping pile of garbage or a dumpster fire and slap Dr. Disrespect on the side of it, and it will be successful. Now, it, now let's be clear. If they charge for a game, it will generate sales, yeah. and it will generate revenue, and it will generate profit. But there will be no longevity. So it's yeah. a very good... Um, I, I mean, you talk about a good you know, throwing gas on the fire for a game, bring one of the largest personalities in the video game streaming world in, and he is essentially the head behind the studio. That's big. Yep. But you've also got to back it up with a good game, right? Or does that not matter? Yep. Well, okay. So for him, if you're going to play it on Twitch, the thing's got to be playable. First of all, him. The second, if they if their servers are not good and things like that, Second, that he goes online, you know, people are going to be hammering on servers. If he has issues, it's going to be very apparent and embarrassing for him. Yes. So for him, he needs to have a game that's not crashing, that's not having really bad glitches and everything. That's that's the big thing for him because it's all going to be streamed. Everything is going to be real. People are going to be recording this, and he doesn't want to become the H1Z1 kind of troll game that everybody jokes about and makes fun of. You know, people are still playing it, but it's like the joke. Everybody knows the thing's broken, and, and you don't want to be that. And so I think for him, he's got some big enough names behind it and he makes a decent amount of cash. I'm sure he's been saving it up and he's got investors in here, uh, people that are partnering with him. So they're involved in this financially, I'm assuming as well. Yeah. Um, not just with a the job. There's all, it's, it's going to come down to, he can design levels, right? He's really good as far as knowing what people like and look at him, just look at his channel and how he portrays himself. I think that, he would have a good chance. So he, I think he's in touch with his audience. He knows what they want. And because just look at how he delivers when pe some people say, oh, I've gone too far. He just, he seems to have a grasp and understanding of his audience. And I think at least for his audience, they'll be purchasing it and playing it. Well, and that, that, that's a key thing to note there. Not only is he, yeah, this guy's full-time job is streaming video games. And if a game is, if the game is not good, it is a grind for the streamer. You know, this whole idea that yes. streaming for eight or 12 hours a day is some cakewalk. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, you've got people that are out there driving sanitation trucks and mail trucks and stuff like that, and they would love to sit at home and play video games for 12 hours a day. But that's just as much of a grind as anything else, especially if the game you're playing is not good or you're not enjoying yeah. it. I would imagine after eight or 12 hours a day for weeks upon weeks, months upon months, Brian, that becomes pretty monotonous and, and, and pretty lame. And because well, exactly. he's in that sphere and that's what he does, that's his profession. 
he definitely has the upper hand on that. And as I think the biggest thing that you mentioned was in touch, in tune, yeah. kind of in symphony with not only his audience, but I feel like he is, um, he's not the spokesperson for PC gaming, but he is, uh, he's on the precipice of that. And he understands, yeah. he follows what's going on. He knows what's good and what works. He knows what doesn't. And that is probably a lot more. Look at EA, look at Ubisoft, look at Activision. That's probably, he yeah. can probably say a lot more certain, with a lot more certainty than they can. I'm in touch with my community. I'm in touch yeah. with the modern everyday gamer the, from the yeah. you know kid that plays after school to the person that plays it professionally and makes a career out of it. I am in touch with that whole spectrum. And yeah. that's a very lucrative thing. I would assume he's not going to be doing really any of the development behind it. Um, but I would assume no, I mean, he's going to be people. The, he, but he may do some, I bet you he will do design some levels. He'll be I, the, I have he, a feeling yeah. that for him, he will have ones that will be like, this one was designed by Dr. Disrespect as kind of a, a tag on it, right? Yeah. I, I just have a feeling because that's kind of his thing in his character is having designed some very and he one thing i did see um when he was kind of frustrated with all the current games that are out there he started mocking up while because there was some other studio that was doing something and like showed him some ideas and he started mocking up levels because the thing that he understands that most people that think oh i'm going to design a level that they don't and the things that they understand like people who play it a lot is the flow of that map is so important and that's what call of duty is known for is flow i mean if you just look and, and that's what people complain about when they're going on to a new new version of the game and there may be a, a map that's new and, and and hasn't been flushed out yet there just isn't that flow um sometimes and with him the maps that you know he has done according to him and what people say they really like the flow you know it has a really good flow and so i think with him he understands gaming enough i mean just look at how he plays He's, he's doing crazy stuff and thinking way above all the people around him. He's very quick-witted. Uh, I just think that for him, uh, he, he can pull this off if, if, if he doesn't do anything just really stupid out the gate. <laughs> and so we'll see. As long as it's yeah. playable, um, hackers aren't covering the thing. Uh, he's using some of the latest technology. So, I mean, it should run and look good. He's not doing anything crazy, but all we know is the general description so far. So let's see once he starts showing some designs and whether or not he kind of meets that hype that everybody has built for what he does. And now we will so patiently await. Uh, they are hiring. They've got a bunch of uh, opportunities available on their career page. Uh, don't yeah. expect anything uh, tomorrow from them. But as we probably head into the spring and summer of next year, we might get a name and some concept art or something about what a, yeah. what this game could or might even potentially uh, look like as we head forward. So uh, very interesting yep. to see and talk about throwing a monkey wrench into a machine here, Brian. It could be this idea of influencers and folks that do this stuff, not only endorsing a game, which they're often paid to do, but actually developing the game and owning the game. That's yep. if this works out for Dr. Disrespect, don't be shocked and don't be surprised if other large, when I say large, I mean the large, the big boys, the top, you know, two or 3% do something similar yep. because it will not only be lucrative yep. for their streaming career and, and what they do, it can also be lucrative in terms of them developing a game and profiting off of that as well. There's many different ways yep. to profit off of this and make money. And at the end of the day, that's 
you know, what you can do as an influencer is push that influence as far as possible and um, make it happen. So we'll have to uh, wait and see what comes of that. All right. here. Well, since we're talking about influencers, I just have a really quick thing that I came across this week. Scientists have taught a Petri dish of brain cells to play Pong faster than AI was able to train itself to play Pong. I thought that was really interesting. They took a Petri dish of brain cells. There's a video of it, but it's really kind of just showing you the logic behind it. Um, but they, uh, they, they have a Petri dish and it's sitting there and learning how to play Pong and it moves. That's a, those are living brain cells in a dish and they're playing Pong. And so they looked at how, yeah, it is really weird. And, but the thing is, is however long it took for uh, AI to learn it, this, this learn your human brain, just the cells sitting in there, learn it faster than an AI program trying to learn how to play Pong properly. I, so, I'm sure. Kind of weird. I saw it. I just thought it'd be worth mentioning. It's about gaming, but hey, maybe we won't have influencers. We'll have uh, masses of brain cells sitting there. Um, yeah, I mean, they right. might be more intelligent than some of the uh, influencers. <laughs> uh, we'll have a link in our show notes if you want to read a little bit more about that on our website, Infection yeah. Podcast. I just thought it'd be interesting. There's a video that shows it all off, but it, more for people to, to check out on their own time. Uh, Brian, we love China. We've been a very big proponent of China on this program. China number one. Uh, we are all in on yeah. the Chinese train. Ne- def- definitely don't want to ever say or do anything to disrespect <laughs> our Chinese overlords. Have never been critical of them in the past. One of our favorite Chinese yeah. studios, of course, and publishers and developers is Tencent. Uh, they just everything Tencent. they touch, everything they do is great. Never had any problems. Um, they mm-hmm. bought a pretty interesting developer, one that makes a yeah. survival game turtle rock studios and they're yeah. the developer behind the game back for blood what's going Which on is with one that? of the top well in, in back for blood is one of the top games right now it's it's on the it's on the game pass i know that so if anyone has the game pass you can jump in there and play it you know for no extra charge uh, it's a first person shooter survivor survival horror uh and this man it makes me nervous tencent buying all these companies uh and buying these studios it's a government that's here's what frustrates me and the thing that i think people really need to take notice of this is the equivalent of a government coming in and buying companies um because the government has full control over tencent the company uh it's just it i don't i don't like the whole thing but it is what it is so this right here they've they bought this one uh, they bought a lot of studios we've got we've gone through episodes where we just listed off all the the studios and things that they have purchased um i think that they like for instance they also uh got sumo group was another one that has 14 studios around the world they bought that one Mm. they bought platonics i mean uh they're just buying up tons of studios i think they have over 31 games companies that they invested in in 2020 alone so they picked up 20 new you know partial partial whatevers or full ownerships on some of them uh of all of these so this is going to i think uh i I, i'm assuming you won't see a lot of change for the companies that have been taken over by tencent or perk their studios have been purchased in the past uh uh conan exiles being one of them you know that's the studio behind that they don't uh, tend to change the product a lot right away and that's good yeah uh for here usually they just give them extra funding and now this, because it's one of the hot games, I'm assuming they're wanting to make sure that they don't taper out or get behind, that they can hire on the people to keep on that trend of being on the top with this. Because you know, a lot of times we find these studios, they get a hit that goes out 
but then people want new content and they can't keep up and then they fade away. So I've, it seems like what they've been doing is getting these companies that have a the, the uptake on it's really hot right now. And then they pump funding to them to try to keep it going, you know, and, and get more out of it. So. Uh, Turtle Rock was very instrumental in Valve's beginning history. They were the yeah. developer behind Source, CS Source, uh, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2. And this is very a Left 4 Dead feel, right? As far, yes, as far that's as what they, Back, Back 4 Blood, Blood is. Yeah. Um, yeah. They also were behind the games Evolve and Evolve Stage 2. So this is not some weird little indie studio. I mean, they they were very instrumental in Valve's success with Counter-Strike and Left 4 Dead, which not, I'm not going to say put Steam on the roadmap, but did yeah. a lot when Steam was first. And obviously, some those games were available on the um, uh, Xbox and things as well, through the Orange Box and things of that nature. But mm. the, for a majority of people that were playing Counter-Strike or half-life or left for dead because they also did half-life 2 deathmatch it was them they were the ones behind yeah. it uh and now they've got this new game out this back for blood game um and now china and i think it was intense i think uh, i think it was rated the uh i think it was rated like tops one of the pvp categories it was rated uh, at the game the recent game awards it got one of the top ratings if i remember correctly so yeah, it was not it was really well known it was nominated in the best multiplayer uh, category and it was also nominated in the 2020 game awards for the best action game and best multiplayer game so yeah okay there you go yeah so, so in so they're definitely getting a lot of attention right now especially being in the game pass a lot of people playing it so we will see if uh if if we see any big changes because this has been something that i've always been watching tencent just trying to figure out like what's their play with some of these companies like what's their game you know are they is it money like are they trying to influence the market yes what are they doing and it, it there's it's all of the above is what i've so far gathered is, is they're trying to really just push to own it all so we'll see what happens so that's uh that's tencent um we just talked a little bit about steam we've got a quick couple of stories on them first let's start off with the steam deck which was supposed to be out yeah uh probably now i think it was supposed to be out late december and they had to push that back into early next year and as of a couple of days ago brian it seems like things are still on track as valve has said and one of the designers greg coomer terrible name uh said <laughs> with a pc gamer that we do feel like that we are on track we're still bummed that we had to move from the end of this year being 2021 to the beginning mm -hmm. of next but yeah all signs are pointing to us being able to ship in february so it does look like that unlike many other delays when a company or a studio and it's a little bit different when you delay the launch of a virtual product like a video game and delay the launch of yeah. a physical product like a console which is what this is uh it's, it's a significantly different process but it does seem that the uh bottlenecks at least the ones that valve were dealing with is it's not that significant because yeah. you're talking about a two maybe three month delay at the most uh for getting these things into people's hands and it looks like they're on track going forward and they keep yeah they keep promising that everything's everything's going forward <laughs> yeah. so, so usually you would have a little more heads up than this if there's a problem and so hopefully this is a sign that people are going to get them because i've heard a lot of positive things everybody that's gotten hands-on on those things has said 
the thing performs very well. It does better than they expected. Uh, this this could be one of those things that kind of influence. If you look at what some of these streaming devices that we have now on TVs that are now built into TVs, that was one thing that really influenced and changed the whole market. Uh, I think that this is the kind of thing too. The Switch was the beginning of it. I think that that's just the beginning of it. I think there's a lot more mobile gaming that's not on a phone to be had through other devices but, that aren't all the same. It's funny you say the Switch was the start of it. I don't disagree with you, but it, if, you, if you really want to say what the start of it was, Brian, it was actually the Wii U which had that little stupid, huge gamepad thing. And the point was, hey, if you've got hey, this wait, 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 wait. You're, you're not giving credit to the original, the GameCube. Do you not remember the little thing inside of the GameCube that you could play? It was a mini game inside of your controller. I mean, that was... The GameCube? You're talking about the Dreamcast? I'm sorry, the Dreamcast, not the GameCube. The Dreamcast. Remember the controllers, yeah. how they had yeah. the little yeah, games? I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got the, yeah, the little cartridge with the, the cell watch uh, battery. <laughs> so you could play it, a little game, but I don't know, in your controller on the yeah, side. It was like a, little, it no it was like a Tamagotchi style thing inside of the, uh, yeah. inside of the memory <laughs> card. Um, but if you really look back at it, the Wii U had this, and at the time when it came out, and I've got a Wii U sitting up here in the closet, um, the concept of having this, and it was a thick device, this tablet thing. And the whole notion was, hey, you've got your Wii U on the TV in the living room. Somebody wants to yep. watch something else. You can take this device and play it on the on the couch or in the next room yeah. without having bed. to take over the TV. And it was kind of... It does of a, not go through walls very well. It does. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed. Um, and yeah. it was this kind of weird concept where it was like, you know, it's kind of cool. I understand it. I don't think many people really took advantage of it. And then essentially yeah. their next console after the Wii U is the Nintendo Switch, which flipped it on the other hand was here's a portable console. And if you want to play yeah. it on your TV, you, as you as they say, you switch it and, and snap yep. it into your <laughs> into your dock and then it displays on your TV. And then you essentially see with the Steam Deck, it's a Nintendo Switch form factor style device without yep. um, obviously the intellectual property and things that nintendo has but yep. and and there are, have been other devices that have tried to do this on the pc side there are plenty of windows style devices that are very similar to the switch there tend to be uh, one of the the company is like g gpio or something like that that makes these they're expensive yep. typically and they're just windows computers meaning they're not optimized for doing this you've got to yep. deal with because it's in Windows, the mouse control is weird. You're using analog sticks to use the mouse. It just it, it's not a good experience. Yep. This, on the other hand, is a catered Linux or a Unix-based operating system that is built and designed specifically for this use case. And I would guess is likely going to have, especially with the supply chain shortage, Brian. You've got people that want to get into PC gaming. This could be a relatively yeah. inexpensive way to do that exactly and i i think with this one thing i'm curious of because one thing that really got the the switch to kind of catapult in the beginning was the fact that unreal engine games worked on it uh, you know the the engine could compile and run and make a game so they were able to take pre-existing games that were made in unreal engine and pretty quickly convert them over to work on the switch i'm curious with the new unreal engine 5 and that whole new super high density graphics how are they going to handle some of that is that going to be because supposedly all these games are working 
But how are they going to handle something that uses such a high super resolution on some of these mobile little devices? I'm assuming they're going to have to do special builds for those because we're pushing kind of in a weird area where we have technology that makes it to where we get really cool stuff out of a computer hardware that's now kind of separating because it seems like we had a stagnant time where the mobile devices kind of caught up with computers because computer hardware wasn't being pumped out as fast. And now I think that with the technology, people are going to want to have you know, the Xboxes are going to want to be able to do these super high resolution, you know, maximum number of pixel uh, objects in the world. How are they going to carry that over to a Switch or to a Steam Deck? That's what I want to know. And will it look the same? Or are they going to have to have a kind of like with phones, like a super low resolution mode that loses all that detail? Uh, I just I don't know if everything going forward is going to continue in this way or if we're going to have to keep pumping out hardware constantly to try to keep up with it kind of looking like what the TV or what the computer looks like. Yeah. Very, very interesting to see how, uh, how things like this will go forward and, uh, what kind of trend can be setting and things of that nature. Yep. Yep. And yeah. Or we can finally get away from phones and people want more to where they're actually using controllers. Cause that's the big thing is controllers. I think that a device where they come up with some unique kind of flip out controllers, things that fold into it, uh, to where you can have something that doesn't use touchscreen, doesn't rely on touchscreen, it feels like a real game. Because if you had controllers in your hands, it doesn't matter really what size the screen as much is, uh, it's playable. The, yeah. What really kills you on a mobile experience is the size of the screen and trying to touch the screen and use that as your controller while you're playing and then doing anything advanced. Um, I, I think that the controller game is going to be the next big thing, which is then going to open up to where really you're just having a screen you're looking at and then you can play it on whatever you want. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, yeah. Do you have a uh, preference where we go? Yeah. I want to just wrap up on steam here. They've introduced something new. Uh, it's part of their steam labs experiments and it's a pretty interesting concept known as store hubs. And yeah, one of the, I guess one of the big concerns that steam is having, or, or I shouldn't say steam is having, I guess the user base is having is that going to the front page of Steam, Brian, and looking through the store is because there are literally hundreds of thousands of games. Hundreds of thousands of games, yeah. Maybe there's, there might there's probably with DLCs and everything. There's millions of products on the Steam store. Um, yeah, it's very hard to catalog and browse through millions of products, Brian. It's not an easy task, yep. and they've got a new uh, th this new thing out called um, the Experiment Hub. And I just pulled I just pulled it up here. This is one of the this is like not their demo for it, but this is their action hub. And it's kind of just it, it's showing some of the action games here that is that Steam is kind of highlighting. I don't know how they pick this. I don't know if it's based on reviews or player counts or all of that. Um, but yeah. it's, as you can see, it's, it's specifically tailored to just the action style of the games. Um, it shows you special offers that's one thing within they've the struggled category. With is discovery, because if yes. you look at whatever they show on that front screen, there's nothing usually that draws me there and they know all the games that I own. And it seems like they still don't give me very smart recommendations. And I think for them, this, this is probably trying to solve that to where you get the relevant games. It, this is a big deal to them for them as well because you, if you don't properly balance this, you'll have studios suing you saying that you didn't give them an equal opportunity on the market. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can come out of this 
if they if they are only showing certain games and but they're claiming that it's an equal platform uh so hopefully this is something that allows even the small lesser known games to get discovered and it doesn't just kind of leave them in the dust because it's very easy for this just to be the popular games and those all you know the, the extra 150,000 plus games that are sitting out there don't get noticed exactly and as you scroll down the page it shows you the offers in the category if you have games on your wish list uh, it'll show you upcoming and recent events in the category games that are coming soon and then um new and trending top sellers top rated discounted and upcoming um so this is their new attempt at kind of the uh front not not the front page but their new attempt at what they're calling the yeah, it's really it, it is it, i bet you it'll be a new replacement for the front page i mean that's what it really looks like they're, all the elements are there that they're kind of replacing yeah so it looks like it's probably will be just a, a, a switch out for the uh, for the front well and you look at the current steam front page and this is it it's not quite a it, it very much like a a mid-2000s website brian with your yeah. logo at the top <laughs> your navigation bar and image slider which is essentially what this yeah. is but as you can see it's very discombobulated you've got all of this stuff yeah. here there, there's no um consistency I, I don't know i don't know what any of these games are um yeah community recommendations popular vr it's just very it, there's no uniformity to what it's showing you it's just showing you everything and that's not super yeah. helpful if you're somebody that is only playing action games and they do have their categories um but this still is actually yeah this is this is what their new this is what their new thing is is this category page where they're actually showing no. how that is and then you can break that down into all of the different um things you know action rpgs and it really really will dive you down and allow you to say hey i've got you know hey after christmas brian i've got a 50 or 60 dollars steam gift card i like these kinds yep. of games how do i spend let, that exactly let me go to this category and hopefully that will be helpful they don't say what the um uh prerequisites are for a game showing up on there i would assume the developers yeah. will know um but that will be interesting to see if smaller stuff, smaller titles that don't have that many players but have really good ratings, if those things will be able to move up those lists and yeah. be another way for those smaller games to get recognized, get sales, and then continue with their development. So that'll be interesting to see. Yep, yeah, because that's something they can definitely mess up if they if they bury those little guys. Then you'll never discover the big, you know, the ones that could have been those gems that you're like, oh, dude, that was a really fun. Sure, a small studio made it, but that was a fun game. Like Firewatch, which yeah. is uh, coming to the Game Pass here now. Oh, it just did, I think. So oh, very cool. that's now one of the. They added like ten games to the Game Pass this past week. Huh. So there's a uh, very cool. But Firewatch was one of them. So fantastic. Interested? Game. Never you've heard Nick talk about Firewatch, and you've never actually played it. Perfect opportunity to sit down and give it a playthrough. Yeah, especially over the All next right. uh, hey. couple of weeks. So there was one thing in Fortnite. I know we talk about Fortnite a lot on here. Oh, big, yeah, big uh, but fans there was of, something hey, we're fan of that two things, Brian. was leaked. China and Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hand in hand. Uh, and what, what they've done is they've added tornadoes. Now, I don't ah. think it's been released in the actual game yet, but th somebody has some information. And I think this person is usually accurate. You know, they're, they're, they have a reputation for having some insider information. And so... They said uh, it takes about 25 seconds to form, and then it has about a max duration of eight minutes, from what they can tell. 
um they said it uses a lot of physics you can see it's like picking up objects in the world this is hard to do this That's is them the interesting part showing about, off right? this is them showing off with their engine you got to remember they just implemented this patch unreal engine 5 they have a whole new uh effects engine and physics engine and all this stuff where they can handle some things that are done like this that just seems so chaotic and a million things are happening they can handle it better than the old engine could so here you can see it's picking objects in the world flying them around um that's pretty impressive so i don't know yeah that's the i mean yeah as ph said omg fortnite leaks we've hit a new low it's not <laughs> even about the fortnite the, so you can you can see it a little bit down here it looks like this tearing building the building has apart been, has been torn apart that's very interesting like it's picked up vehicle it's picked up vehicles and a, a like destroyed version of like a, that trailer in the back there yeah. is flying around there's signs i mean it's just it's pretty impressive i we'll see what it actually looks like because that'd be hard to do well and i'm, see, I'm very thing. impressed that they've done that fortnite is one of the few games in the um battle royale field that has um uh, what's the building destruction or building modifications yeah. you look at PUBG. there are i believe now like the buildings can partially be destroyed um like you know a hole can be blown in the wall like in certain areas but you yeah. can't destroy a whole building in fortnite you can sit there with a bomb or a pickaxe or a rocket launcher and destroy yeah. an entire building it will be interesting to see especially with PUBG 2 if this is something that is adopted this whole thing of yeah. the whole world essentially being destructible. PH is mentioning that Battlefield has the tornado in their new, new new game, and that is also doing building destruction. And says that they copied it from Battlefield. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they did. And because their buildings yeah. were because their buildings are already destructible pieces, it's obviously a lot easier for them to put something like this in. Um, yeah, it will just be things like this these world events that can happen you know a typical br is just a circle or something spinning in and you know there are air strikes and things like that that you could call world events but something like this where it's physically manipulating the game landscape and where you're and playing the, and, this and is the not, level yeah the level of the map it, it it's actually manipulating the level and just destroying everything on its path picking up from like a 12 trees i mean just it, it, it's a lot of stuff happening uh, and and the fact that they were able to do it and get all that stuff to not lag out a box not to make it well that's stutters, the question i think well, that's I, i'm excited question. to see it that's what i want to see well the, uh, maybe there's reason there's only a still shot <laughs> right. the first comment on the tweet is uh fps gonna go from 100 to application is crashed with all of the uh, yep. physics required for it to to roam around um but the, that that will be uh that will be pretty cool It'll be cool. Yeah, and it's eight minutes. It sits there, so it's going to be just going through the level. Uh, I'll have to just go in and find one just to to see how they did it, because that's what I want to see is just how much is moving around, how much of it is kind of fake shrapnel that they have going through it for looks versus what it picked up from the world. I mean, there's a lot of ways that they can kind of trick this, because usually in games they trick it. Like they'll add just junk that's kind of flying around. That's not really the stuff that was picked up. And it just make it kind of looks like it should be there. Um, if this one's picking up and doing that kind of stuff with real world objects and looks like that, I that that's cool. That's really good tech. So it is very. Uh, it's that very, very should be on the next couple, next couple of patches. Yeah. Once they, I guess, have it polished. Um. All right. Um. Do you have a preference? Yeah, actually, I do. Here, somebody, a studio, a and a game. We don't talk about all that often, but it is the 
kind of the OG survival game, at least the mod was, um, Bohemia Interactive, DayZ, which has always run on the Arma engine, correct? Yes. Well, the, whatever, yeah, whatever they call it. There's, it's got its own name. But yeah. yeah, the the one from Arma. Yep. Yeah, so the, Arma... the Daisy and they they've made they've made a number so pretty much all of the Arma 3 mods, you know, the, all these mods were built on the engine and a lot of these things came out of that modded version, but it's really old tech behind it. Like all, all this engine and everything that the coding they're doing is just it's really old. So most of these games that people have been making um on their customizable for, uh platform just they're old and out of date looking like it's hard for them to make anything that looks modern. So this, this right here, hopefully will change that. Yes. They've got a new engine out and it is known as infusion. So, Brian, I want to uh, pause this video and step through a couple of the things that we yep. saw here in the trailer. Um, the first thing that I found interesting, or not the first thing, but one of the things I found interesting in this uh, is what they have here called user-friendly tools, which looks similar which, to the scripting visual language scripting. in Unreal. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, the, yeah, Unity has a similar type of scripting language now. Unreal has this one kind of looks more like Unity as just as far as the interface. Um, but yeah, they have a, a, a visual scripting language, which for their audience, before they're using a uh, a simple scripting Lua, actual right? language to do it. Lua, yeah, Lua to do it. Um, and so people are making all their mods in this. It's a fairly simple language. If they could automate Lua in a way, you know, making a lot of the basic functions in here, that would really help their type of audience that are usually going in and making these mods because they're most of the time they're not programmers. They're going in and figuring it out and they're kind of becoming programmers while they learn how to make these mods. Uh, but for someone who, you know, doesn't understand all the lines of code or gets overwhelmed by lines of code, this is a good way for them to mock something up really quick. And depending on how they make it, most likely it will convert to code pretty easily. You know, the next one here. If it's like a visual Lua. The next one here, it says familiar workflows, and I see the Blender logo here. So I guess there's going to be some implementation of some back and forth between tools like Blender and other modeling softwares to bring that probably, stuff easily. Probably into the importing. Engine. Yeah. So probably having where you can connect directly to Blender and have it bring the assets directly into the engine with all of the special settings, right? To give it the, the nice look, uh, you know, whether it's shadowing or textures, it, it should be able to open it up where it brings it in as close to optimized as you possibly can for the object that it adds. Um, then the next one here is powerful scripts, which I still believe that this is, there's an else if state. I don't know if this is Lua. I can't tell by looking at it. It doesn't look like it. I don't remember Lua having else statements. I, I, I could be wrong, um, but they yeah, I don't remember show, being looking like that. They do have just a traditional scripting language as well. They say extensive modability. This is interesting, Brian. It shows, it shows a vehicle here, a fully modeled vehicle, and it looks like they're modifying the color in some sort of, you know, I'm just going to use it, say a Photoshop-esque style editor to do the modifications yeah. to it. Is that something that Unreal or, or, or Unity has right now where you could do something like this? Yeah, so 
uh, here, it, I'm assuming that it's an advanced texture that they're kind of showing off here to where you can have a texture that will maintain some of the specialness of it. Um, because there's ones that you can do in special modeling programs that let you fade things in and out on the texture in the engine and like an Unreal Engine. Um, so I'm thinking that that's kind of what they're talking about, having the ability to maintain some of the extra uh, you know, things about the texture so that, you know, that, that maintain it, even though you change the color. So it still has age and wear, you know, yeah, so I'm instead assuming of, that that's where they're going. Instead of just painting it yeah, a without full, losing it all. Instead of yeah. just painting it a solid color, you keep some of the details, the rust. Or tintable. And like PH that. brings the, our favorite term, tintable. Oh, uh, Jesus. We, we almost forgot about our tintable. Uh, tintable textures that's a good one tintable, tintable textures, textures. I, I like i like that i mean that's pretty uh, much what they're doing right there um and then it says social ability or excuse me scalability and it goes all the way yeah. out and then zooms in on a butterfly i'm not sure exactly how i'm not exactly sure what that means um but i but yeah so the if yep. the website is infusionengine.com and brian looking at this is this something that is going to be available for people to use? Is this is or is this yes. going to be something yes. that is just for Bohemia Interactive? Um, so, from what I could tell, it looks like it's going to be something that you can license. Now, the they have they're first releasing it from what I can tell to general users, so people that are using the games you know, that that use this, and then they're going to be to the I guess the modders. Because they don't have the full development tools, at least on the website, when you go to the link about development for it, it's yeah. kind of a coming soon page for that. So I don't think they have a public um, downloadable version of the engine ready, you know, with the editor and everything ready to go that you can do today. But I do think that they have something where you can go in and start playing with some of the modding tools uh, and, and elements of that. So it's, it's partially out there, uh, but they're definitely still early on in the game development part of it or engine development part of it well and this is cool and i think you know they probably have seen bohemia interactive has probably seen the success that epic has had with the unreal engine and they've got this engine already that is very yep. powerful and very popular and just bringing in some of these i'm going to call them creature comfort tools brian things that just make yeah. the development process so much easier more streamlined especially for smaller groups and indie devs Instead of them having yep. to do all of this stuff and script it all, when they can do it in a visual editor or pass it off to somebody to do in a visual editor that may not have the, the programming experience so that they can work on the yep. more behind-the-scenes programming stuff and, and maybe wean somebody into that, they've probably seen the success yep. of, of, Origi or, uh, of uh, um, uh, Unreal Engine and have decided, hey, we've yeah. already got it. Let's just clean it up and tidy it up a little bit and, and release it to the general public to use. Well, and they've been working on this because uh, they've kind of backed off on some of the other development they've been doing. And as far as they've been putting out mods, DLCs, things that are content, but it's Maps not really enhancing. Like yeah, I mean, it's not been enhancing the product, the Arma product majorly. And so I think with this one, most likely they've been, been putting most of their focus on this. Uh, is why we've not been seeing those big changes to the engine of the old Arma engine, which is fine. Uh, that's something I think that needs to kind of die because it's such old tech and it's just going to cause more problems and issues with people that are developing under it. This, uh, from what I can tell, looked like C++ is the main engine, which is the same that uh, Unreal Engine uses. Uh, Unity uses C Sharp for their, uh, their 
language. So, you know, they're following some standards, but as I said, they have the workbench, which is the modders platform where they create the mods and kind of package the mods and get them released. And then there's the one that's going to be for developers. And as I said, it's C, C++, and HLSL, which is that scripting language, I'm assuming. HLSL. Yeah, I'm not sure what, I'd have to find what that H stands for. HL. And, uh, and, and again, we don't know exactly um, what the detail is. It says it will be available as soon as there's gameplay to, to, to note. Um, and that's what they're going to, uh, to be do with this. And this, oh, that's the high this level is... shader language. So whatever that is for making shaders. So it's right. Yeah. There you go. Um, and th this is different and it's important to note that none of their current games use this engine. Their current engine is the real virtual, yep. real virtuality engine. That's it's RV. It's just known as RV as, is their current engine. Yep. And they're, I assume they're not going to move their old projects over to it, but they do, uh, but they probably will bring some new things online on this, um, this infusion engine. Uh, yep. going forward maybe the next daisy or they the said they've been making Arma. it for over 20 years so we'll yeah. see exactly so that'll uh that'll be cool to see and it's interesting to see a big you know a relatively big studio a relatively big developer yep. jumping into the um model space or excuse me into the engine space it's very interesting now another thing i was going to mention so matt the next mass effect looks like it's going to be made in unreal engine 5 so really? some of the previous, the first, the first three Mass Effects, if I remember correctly, were made under Unreal Engine three. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Okay. And then they, then they switched to that Frostbite engine, uh, and then after that, now they're going to be going back to now. There are there's some Dragon Age thing that they're going to be doing that's still going to be using that old engine. There's still a few things that that are going to be using the full, the old engine, but their newest, uh, newest one they're going to release for Mass Effects is going to be under Unreal Engine five. So it's kind of going back to the old roots. Hmm. I think um, here, Unreal. So I think in their listings, they put experience with Unreal Engine Four Plus as an asset. So, hmm. and then one of the one of the prolific leakers for this said that Unreal Unreal Engine Five is specifically being used. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see what the what kind of impacts that has for uh, a massive. Well, you remember when they had so many issues. The, when they had so many issues with that one release where the mouth was all wrong for all the voice acting and, yeah. and everything else, that was the Frostbite engine. They had a lot of hassles with that engine. And just the way the rendering happened and weird little facial mannerisms and things that happened in that game, uh, I, I think that's a big reason of why they switched back. Because they just had so many problems with that Frostbite engine. Hmm. Um, um, go ahead. Okay, so I was going to say, let's blocks here for a minute. Now, there's a video that goes with this uh, for people that are really interested. It's kind of an opinion piece in a way, uh, but I figure it might be interesting to talk about what the complaints are right now. So a lot of people are saying that, first of all, Roblox harbors an unsafe environment for children, which I would agree. And now, of course, when you put your children in that environment, you're signing up for the current state of it yeah, yeah, well, and with yeah, that and, understanding. Well, and, and let's, let, let's first understand Roblox is an online mmo for lack of a like term. a sandbox type of platform yeah where but you can a, build things, massive but then people can play together yeah. but it's a and massive it, multiplayer online i mean that's what it is yeah so you can create your own custom kind of game mode and then people can load that game mode in and play it in, on your little private server in a way i don't know how those servers work on there but people seem to be able to jump on and play in your map and 
have a public server of some sort. Uh, the, the issue they're having is there's not really any moderation that happens on this. Kids just run around. They're loading their own graphics and crazy things into it. Uh, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's a madhouse. And I think that a lot of people are expecting, especially with a company that's, you know, brought in billions off of this product, at least a billion from what I know. Aren't uh, they, that, aren't they the highest valued, like one of the highest valued video so. game companies? Yes. And the fact that they've put so little into the actual moderation of the, you know, and, and anything that puts any regulations or let, lets you limit. Because as a parent, when you sit there and think of, well, how am I going to limit access to anything on there? They really don't give you access to anything other. It's either turn everything on or turn everything off. Well, what are parents going to do? Tell their kid that they can't play anything. Most parents aren't going to stick their guns like that. They're going to say, all right, let's lower the shields. You know, they're going to make it so they can play. And then any kind of moderation that they would have preferred to do goes out the window because it's not offered. If their kid I feels like they have to play the stupid game. Well, and I, so I found this article interesting. So they talk about somebody that a, a kid who made a game um, and they said he, he's 13 years old and he built a, a game or a map in which it allowed him to profit. His game yeah. mode that he created earned him roughly 200,000 Robux, which is their yeah. um, their currency, which mm -hmm. cur converts out and works out to about seven hundred dollars U.S., so now this is this is the author of the article whose name is Andy Chalk. Um, and I just want to read exactly what he wrote here. And then I want to get your opinion. He said his game earned roughly 200,000 Roblox Roblox is in Roblox is in game currency, which works out to roughly seven hundred dollars, a good chunk of change for a 13 year old. But instead yep. of cashing it out, he blew, blew most of it on a handful of very expensive in game items. And because Roblox requires a minimum balance of 100,000 Robux to cash out, which is a seemingly arbitrary amount, possibly in intended to ensure Roblox isn't swamped with requests to convert small amounts of money, once his balance was below that amount, he was stuck. So he okay, well, got... that's his problem. Irresponsibility well, is being a kid. Well, he had 200,000 if he wanted to cash out. I know, and he spent out, over 100-something thousand. He chose but, not to. He could have had $700, but he was a kid. And that's exactly the point. And so it seems as if, and of course, you know, this guy, this developer, this author, it says, it sounds like a microcosm of capitalism, which is fine insofar as capitalism is fine, at least except that as it is mentioned. Yeah. And Roblox is geared towards kids who are not generally known as good decision makers or money managers. Mm -hmm. This is not a job. These are kids no. and the, playing a video. And he's game, saying right? that they need more rights. I was just like, what in the world are you talking about? First of all, they don't have the ability to enter into a contract. First of all, there's yeah, no contract 13. that thinks they, they're 13. They're not 16. They do not have the ability to enter into a contract. So there's nothing happening with these kids. They can't come up with an agreement. All they can do is give them some amounts. Say, hey, if you have this many Robux, you can convert them back to cash. They're not really offering them anything. They're giving them Robux as a reward. And then they're using kind of another service on the side. To get cash out of it yeah so and then it so the story gets worse so the kid blew about seven so the kid let's just say the kid blew about four hundred dollars worth of roblox uh monies mm -hmm. that he went and it said and a few months after acquiring those expensive items jack the 13 year old lost them when another roblox developer shared a purported asset with him that turned out to be a trojan <laughs> his presumed friend took the assets and quickly sold them at a discount and Roblox support refused to assist because he appeared to have sold the items himself. 
So the kid cl- downloaded something, downloaded a key logger or something that gave, gave him a password a prob- or some which gave probably a, a 40 year old access to this kid's Roblox account. He sold the go- kid's asset and now he's SOL. And so PH got this on the nose. Welcome to real life simulator, uh, young man. So, okay, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't want to laugh about it because it's not funny. And, and I may or may not have at a time have uh, had also run um, various this is why you're a little better about it. <laughs> no, no, I did. I never got caught. I never, oh, you got, never lost the money. Okay. I never <laughs> lost the money, but I may or may not have run some interesting team fortress Two uh, little thingy mabobbers in scams. during a period of time. And I, you use the word scam. I say the word opportunities, Brian, uh, <laughs> to uh, to make some money off some Team Fortress Two skins back when I was a shithead middle school and high schooler. Um, yeah, this is not unusual. This mm-hmm. is not out of the norm. First of all, the fact that a kid, a thirteen-year-old, could make two hundred thousand Robux, Robux, in a virtual online game is impressive yeah. Yeah. that's very impressive the fact and he had that the opportunity kid, to turn around and make it 700 dollars if he, he would have been a little but bit here's smarter the thing. no he's he, no 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 no. he's it's not about being smart well i got he got he what wanted, he wanted he wanted to continue he wanted to buy more assets and more skins in the game that he enjoys playing why is this a problem without his parents the thing and his parents didn't have to pitch out the money this is a way for kids if they have a little bit of ingenuity and a little bit of ability they can turn around and make money to pay for their own little you know, playful playtime in here. I mean, the kid obviously likes spending money in, in Roblox because you wouldn't have spent over a hundred thousand Robux, you know, $350, $400 worth of Ro- Roblox Robux without it. You know, so, so uh, this kid, he got what he wanted. And I, I don't, my biggest thing is this guy who's for PC gamer who's turning around and thinking that this kid got some sort of disservice. Well, the parents didn't get the $750. Is that what they're really pissed about? The kid actually got it and spent it on what he wanted. Well, I just, I don't understand what Andy Chalk's problem is here. I mean, he's, if you want to talk about. He's mad at the kid for not, for not doing what he thought was wise. That's what he's really mad about. You talk about virtue signaling to a pretty extreme level, Brian. I, I just, I don't, I don't see what the issue is here. And, And if you really want to talk about it, if you're concerned about this, this is not. Roblox's problem. This is your problem as a parent. Figure out yeah. what the hell your kids are doing and talk to them. I mean, why yeah. is it always if incumbent on somebody else to handle your kid's problem? Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is is they in their minds they blew they view it as he blew seven hundred bucks. In his mind, he was like, dude, I just got I just you know did something work in the system. He's he's learning capitalism. Like this guy. He, oh, he, you know, no, he no, no, no. That's bad. We don't want to teach kids capitalism, you scumbag, Brian. No. Well, uh, you read that comment. You read on here. In so his comment in brackets. Insofar as capitalism is fine, at least. What are you talking about? What allows you to sit here and work for a virtual newspaper and write articles, and never have to leave your house? Yeah, verified you know, you on make, Twitter. You make by a the livable page, and he's verified on Twitter. Is he unfair to verified or ver- verified? No, he's verified on Twitter and only has 4,000 oh, okay. followers. Well, there you go. So, you know, Twitter verification okay. really, uh, really coming out in handy there. Yeah, well, you know, this is the thing. The, the thing is, is really they're doing a service to the kids because they're giving the kids an opportunity to work a system in there, earn money, and either get more of what they enjoy in the game or to make some real world money. Um, th- and then, yeah, here they get mad 
because then they don't feel like the kid's doing what they think is wise with it. Well, the kids are never going to do what you think is wise with money and toys and everything else. They're going to do what they want to do. Yeah, because they're children, Brian. They're not. Yeah. This was not. This was not his parents's. Uh, food allowance for the month or his parents car payment that he blew this was money he made virtually online and wanted to blow virtually online who cares yep, yep. well and that's what that's what we've that was what we've gotten and I, here i think the thing they're most mad about is the capitalism part the fact that he earned money and then he you know whatever didn't get his 100 percent share dude he got 700 bucks i remember in um a Diablo, I don't remember which one it was, but the one where you could sell for a while. They had a they, they had a marketplace where you could sell for real world money objects huh. in in there. Um, and I paid for one of my expansions of WoW with that, you know, just by selling one item in the game. It, you know, they eventually took it down because it was being abused. Imagine that by bots. But you know, it was it was a cool system. This is kind of that same system. I appreciated it. It allowed me to to buy something I Sure, I didn't cash it out and buy something that they may have thought, thought wise, but who cares? I think this is good. It teaches these kids some pretty smart things. It teaches you how to be innovative and to earn your own way, which seems to be what people really hate nowadays. I bought many uh, Xbox 360 games and Steam games with my Team Fortress 2 profits that I may or may not have <laughs> illicitly received. So I'm uh, very, very much on the on the good side of that uh, as well. So. That's uh, that's this Roblox as uh, unsafe because a kid made some money and decided that a 13-year-old boy did what a 13-year-old boy does and spend yep. it on useless in-game skins and hats and things of that nature, which, by the way, grown-ass yep. men who work spend that kind of money on games on their phones, games on their computer hey. and everything else, and there's no conversation or no concern about that. Yep. But when a 13-year-old does yep. it, it's the end of the world. So very interesting yeah and it's just that was funny it seemed like more of an attack on capitalism and you know people wanting to manage your money which just seems to be how it always is yeah uh, that's really how i got it but that was funny there so now they're getting all upset about the fact that kids can make virtual money or real money in roblox and they feel like the kids are being exploited dude the kid just earned 700 in roblox we talked about the kids being exploited he's he just doing something in the game he made 700 real world that he could have just turned around and walked away with and you're pissed because he didn't turn around and turn the cash. Well, yeah, the problem is, what the hell is a 13-year-old going to spend $700 on? So he's like, yeah, screw it. I'll just buy some Xbox. Skin. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, your, your parents will get you that for Christmas. That's not your problem to deal with. I mean, that's uh, well, plus you're not going to get an Xbox anyway because there's, there's none of them in stock. So uh, either way, you're SOL there. Uh, we'll have a full link to that in our show notes, infectionpodcast.com. Yeah. It was just a, it is an interesting read in the video. Um, they did, Roblox did try to get him to take down a video and, you know, pressure them to delete their video some video on this so they made another one it was just people talking you know about how their experience with it it wasn't i don't know i was expecting something being like oh i can't believe that that's bad no no it's just people like i made things on here and you know i got roblox roblox back instead of real world money well congratulations play a different game where you don't make any money how about that yeah exactly go play fortnite um <laughs> all right brian um where can people uh find you online yeah, if you want to find me at Brian Aldrich on Gavin Parlor or my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, but most importantly, go to our website, infectionpodcast.com. Go to the right-hand side and join our server on Discord. If you do that, perhaps you're home from you know for Christmas or something like that from work or visiting and you have access to place of games, come join us. Uh, we've got a, uh, it's a free app. There's uh, lots of channels in there. We've got a news channel. Maybe there's a topic that we're not covering you think we should. 
toss it in the news channel. We'll look at it before the live show. Uh, now, if you want to watch the video forms or watch live, you can do that Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Um, now, if you're going to watch it or listen to it after the facts, uh, you can do that through audio, through our podcast form. We have a lot of different ways you can listen, platforms, devices. Uh, but if you are going to listen, I encourage you to follow along in the show notes for that particular episode because we'll have links to all the articles, maybe graphics that we show on the video form of the podcast. And uh, it, it gives you opportunity to click through and, and see the articles and be able to see things when you're listening. Uh, if you want to support us, we got a support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Uh, we're Prime Gaming subs, subscribe to our Humble Bundle. Um, just a lot of different ways that you can support us, and they're all listed there. We're looking forward to eventually going to some sort of convention or something or. I don't hang out again. Something. Yes. Hanging out again, definitely. And I want to thank our friend yeah. Falcon and Big Gordy Sauce both for hitting us up with the resubscription shortly after the program last week. It is uh, greatly appreciated, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Well, Brian, as I mentioned earlier, uh, happy birthday. Hopefully you uh, enjoy you. your day. Have a uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Sounds good. I will talk to you then. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is going to do it here for another edition of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can uh, check me out by heading on over to my website, nickcraig.com. You can also download the Wilmington's Morning News Podcast each and every weekday morning. Just search for it in your favorite podcast app. That's going to do it. If you missed any portion of the show, head on over to our website, infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.